Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of <laughs> holidays, the unknown unknowns, um, for lack of a better, better topic. So anyway, yeah, let's start with the knowns, okay? What we do know is COVID is on the decline, uh, but cross your fingers as we head into the winter and uh, jubilant consumers uh, start to party hardy in groups of uh, family and friends indoors, turkey dinners and eggnog next to the fireplace, restaurants, clubs, you name it. So uh, that's one known and also one cross your fingers uh, on the COVID. We've arguably had the biggest global supply chain collapse in probably history. So is it gonna be endless empty shelves? Anyway, that scarcity, which there will be some, along with uh, free money and surging consumer demand, will it all just pour fuel on the fire of inflation? And will retailers be able to command full pricing to cover the reduction in inventory? There's gonna be huge margin issues not equally across the board. It's going to be a mix of things, and we'll get into a lot of that uh, with Shelley. Anyway, as a backdrop, we have an ongoing and ever-increasing political chaos, um, also with our form of democracy at risk, according to many. Um, our geopolitical position is in a weakened state um, for a number of reasons our leadership and stability is in question. So I don't know, what have I missed, Shelley? <laughs> we don't need to add too much to that. Anyway, why don't you start us off with some of the performance data you have dug up, and it also might help us uh, make sense of uh, the points I just made. Well, let me start by just saying that the supply chain issues are catching up with some of the retailers in terms of the impact on the financial performance. For example, just recently last week in Amazon's Q3 uh, financial reporting, you know, profit dropped 50%, 5-0, as compared to last year. And Apple's performance missed Wall Street's expectations, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But in typical Amazon style, Andy Jassy told shareholders on the earnings call that it has spent billions of capital and expense to address the supply chain issues, including investing in its own last mile delivery solution and spending money now is the right thing to do, even if it is not meeting shareholder expectations. So Jassy said, quote, We've always said that when confronted with the choice between optimizing for short-term profits versus what's best for customers over the long term, we will choose the latter. And you can good, see that. Good, <laughs> good for him, Shelley. Right? I know. Yeah. Um, and he said you can see that during every phase of the pandemic. So, I mean, even with the 50% drop in Q3, year-to-date profits are still up 
35% for the nine months, you know, season to date. Um, and if you recall, Robin, Jeff Bezos was one of the first major CEOs a couple decades ago to really push back on Wall Street and advocate for long-term strategies as opposed to these short-term profit bumps. Right. Yep. And then uh, the other big news that came out, which I'm sure uh, you heard all about, and this has kind of an interesting spin to it, is that Apple revenue fell short of Wall Street expectations in its fourth quarter results. So for Apple, fourth quarter ends September. So they're on a different fiscal year, which makes comparisons a bit of a challenge. So their fourth quarter ended in September. So what's interesting about it missing its expectation is Apple missed its earnings estimate by 1.8%. So they brought in 83 billion instead of 85 billion, right? So this, yeah. <laughs> and this is based on another issue with supply chain, which is the micro microchip shortage and the inability to, to get the products out to the marketplace. All right. We, yep. we, we saw this coming, so unsure why this is a big surprise uh, for anyone. But with that said, Robin, here's kind of the numbers that are most interesting. Apple profits were up 62% for the fourth quarter, 62% wow. up. So they didn't meet Wall Street's expectation, but profits are way up there. Revenues were up 30% for that quarter as well. Um, and year-to-date net profits were up 65%. So wow. while it missed its earnings expectation, net profits uh, for the year are up 65%, which is, you know, I, I don't know many shareholders that would complain about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the other major players haven't yet reported for Q3. So that's going to come in a couple of weeks. Normally right around Thanksgiving is when all the Q3 reports come out. But if uh, Q2 reporting is any indication, it may not be a pretty picture from a profit side. So Walmart for Q2, which ended end of July, um, their revenues were up 2.4%, but their net profit dropped 34% compared to last year. So we'll see what happens with Walmart when they do their earnings uh, in a couple of weeks. Target's the one that continues to see increases in revenue and profits from a long-term strategy rolled out well before the pandemic. You and I have talked about that. Target revenues were up 9.5% in Q2 with profits up 7.5%. Anticipate, you know, similar results. Um, you know, Best Buy in Q2 was up 20% in revenue, 70% in profits. Ulta Beauty up 60% in revenue with net profits up over 3,000%. Um, so they're doing something right. Of course, it's a smaller basis uh, for that. But at the end of the day, Robin, you know, this fourth quarter, whether it's, you know, fourth quarter or first quarter for Apple, this holiday selling period, you know, really has a major impact both on annual sales and profits for many retailers, most earning a majority of their profit during the holiday season. So Amazon, for example, 34% of its profit come from the Q4. For Best Buy, it's 48%. Apple's close to 40%. Um, so it is an important time of year. So we'll see, you know, what happens. You know, yeah, Shelly, really kind of a mixed bag, you know, a very interesting data and, and, and how to look at it. I'm not sure. <clears throat> I don't, I, I'm not sure if 
any of it really suggests momentum or on the other side or not, you know, across the industry going into the holidays. Um, it's, it's, again, predicting consumer behavior is in this totally unprecedented period. It is just unknown. Uh, you know, let's take the view of, of some of our five-star consulting firms, right? And accountants um, and the big credit cards, the NRF and the AAFA, all of these are forecasting holiday gains, but it's anywhere between seven and 13%, you know, excluding gas, food, and restaurants. So, Shelly, they can't all be wrong, and they're all looking at pretty positive upticks. I mean, a 7% bump would be incredible in this environment, I think. So what do some of your surveys tell us? Well, I have some uh, surveys, and then I have the revenue that I look at every month across the different business segments from the U.S. Census Bureau. So, But the projections, like you said, the projections on what holiday is going to be like, it's all over the place. I can tell you what the numbers have been this year compared to last year in 2019, but trying to forecast the sales for holidays like sailing without a navigator. There'll be headwinds and tailwinds, but no one knows for sure which direction the environment um, the external environment or consumer behavior will take us. We have some indicators, but we can't accurately predict the season, in my opinion. So when we look at the actual data, the raw data from the Census Bureau that talks about where uh, sales are coming from, and I look across all the segments, you know, total retail is up, you know, significantly compared to 2019. Um, it's up, you know, 17% compared to 2020 season to date. Compared to 2019, it's up 8%. Non-stores up significantly compared to 2019. Um, season to date, it's up about 9%. Department stores obviously are up uh, compared to last year for sure. But even looking at 2019, they're up, you know, 2.8%. Discount stores, warehouse clubs, you know, and it's finally nice to see apparel coming back, uh, lots of positives on, on the apparel industry and apparel coming back as well. So when I look across the whole landscape of the different segments of the business, it all looks very positive and it looks like we're going to have a strong selling season. Maybe all those predictions uh, might be right. Um, but let me also share some consumer data that I have as well. So I have a couple different uh, consumer uh, data. So Placer AI, which, you know, Ethan Chernofsky, you and him have done some webinars together, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Part of our innovator network. That's yeah. right. So they're always sending me data. I love reading their data, um, but they've kind of broken down. And again, it's a very positive, you know, picture. Looking at grocery store and home improvement, um, superstores all boosting up visits, both in QT, Q2 and Q3 were higher than they were. Um, last year and higher than 2019. So I'm seeing it in the sales numbers. I'm seeing it in the visit. So Placer I tracks the actual visitors going to these uh, locations. Um, when I look at the superstores, you know, extreme value, especially, uh, I'm seeing all positive numbers. Year over year visits increased in Q3 um, to all the change that change that were analyzed uh, by Placer AI. So um, we're seeing some of the extreme value discounts, you know, like five below and general dollar, you know, they're up 25 and 36% in terms of visits, traffic going to those locations. 
And then I look at the apparel information um, that Ethan and his team sent over to me. And the, even the apparel one, it's all positive that apparel is bouncing back. Q3 visits are higher um, than they were last year, and they are higher than they were uh, in 2019. So those are all you know, positive indicators. Again, when we look across the apparel sector, we do see off-price Athleisure wear is doing, you know, particularly well, but that's no big surprise to us, right? Um, and then we also have, well, let me tell you what Ethan says. So uh, Chernofsky believes that people will be celebrating not only this holiday, but making up for last holiday where they could not spend time together with loved ones. So he's remaining very optimistic. And his quote, he says, um, and I'm quoting him, critically, supply chain challenges and labor shortages are real risk, but the potential for an exceptional holiday season, headlined by more creative approaches from retailers to overcome those issues, could be exactly what brick and mortar needs to close out a challenging 2021. So again, very positive. Yeah, they they are. And I really respect uh, what they do. I I think they're very... Uh, solid in terms of how they approach these uh, consumer surveys and, yeah. and, and the stuff they put together. Yeah, I, I, I like getting their data and reading their data. I also have other consumer data. I have Sezzle. Sezzle is the buy now, pay later company. Um, they also did a, a survey with their own users. Uh, 44% of shoppers have said they've already started buying for holiday. Um, and 72% of those surveyed said the reason that they started shopping early is because they want to minimize the stress of holiday and also want to avoid crowds. And 42% surveyed are worried about retailers being out of stock. Then I had some other survey data from American Express. All, you know, it's all kind of um, supporting the data that I'm getting from various places. 48% of U.S. consumers surveyed agreed that they started their holiday shopping already, so we know that already. Um, Some key points from the American Express survey, which I found interesting, is that 38% of consumers agree they will spend more on holiday this year. So that, you know, again, lets us know that perhaps the consumer mindset is to spend more. 73% are wanting to buy gifts that help relieve stress. 81% of the respondents in the American Express survey are going to purchase gifts that support small local businesses. 63% of respondents are saying that they want to purchase gifts that are ethically sourced. And 64% want to buy gifts that are sustainable. So this whole societal objective purchasing I think is gonna be one of the big things that we're going to continue to see throughout the holiday season. And then the last piece of all the survey data I have is that, you know, there's, you know, 75% of respondents back to the CESL survey say that they are going to use the buy now, pay later. A lot of companies have taken away layaway. So layaway is, you know, back in the day, we would do layaway where consumers would buy merchandise and then lay it away and pick it up later. That's a disaster nightmare on an inventory side. So the buy now, pay later model um, is a lot more beneficial for the retailer uh, and the customer. So we're going to see that growth too. Yeah, <laughs> boy, it's something else. Uh, you know, 
Well, the other thing we got to keep in mind about surveys, and, and you know more about this better than I do, and uh, but it, it, depending on how the survey is constructed, a lot of consumers may say one thing, you know, for a survey, uh, but then they do the opposite. I mean, but anyway, look, uh, personal savings rates uh, have never been higher. Government checks ended up in their pockets. Um, you know, so with pent-up demand and all of that dry powder, so to speak, it, it, it could be a blowout this year. But I don't know, back to the scarcity issue. Um, will retailers risk charging full price, you know, to, to offset the loss of volume, but maintaining margin? And of course, if they're tracking demand through analytics, they probably can charge higher prices on the more highly uh, in-demand goods. So, you know, there are also a few ominous signs of that shopping behavior could be as cautious as last year. For example, uh, Best Buy, Costco, Dick Sporting Goods, Target, and Walmart are closing on Thanksgiving Day. <clears throat> and we may yet see... Uh, Many of the other retailers would probably follow suit. I mean, psychologically, that, that has to affect consumer exuberance, right? Leading into that last lap of, of the holidays. And will they show up on Black Friday? Likely in smaller numbers. And, and door busters will likely not exist, you know, just out of the fact they want to be cautious about the COVID. Bottom line, uh, because of the Delta variant, I just think caution will be high on consumer behavior. I, I really do expect another season of, you know, outsized online shopping. And as far as offline, I do think there will be a lot of local kind of in-neighborhood mom and pop shopping, which I think is a good thing. And also, obviously, gift cards will replace a lot of gift categories. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, there's so much talk in the news about companies being out of stock. But, you know, I reached out to Ulta Beauty, to Best Buy, Target. All of them say they're going to be in stock and ready for the holidays. So <laughs> I think that's all uh, positive. Those companies have been working over the past year, procuring products and investing in distribution networks to make sure that they are in stock for the holidays. So, and there's always going to be those hot items that sell out. That happens every year, whether we have a pandemic or not a pandemic. Um, I still remember Tickle Me Elmo, the hot toy that <laughs> no one could get. Right. <laughs> so, oh, <no. laughs> that uh, we'll always have those that sell out. And while a lot of stores are going to be closed on Thanksgiving and even on some, some stores will be closed on Black Friday, joining REI's opt outside. Um, keep in mind that the online stores still remain open on Thanksgiving and Black Friday. So, you know, mobile purchasing is expected to nearly double its share of sales between 20 and 2025. So right now yeah. in 2020, last year was about 5.5%. By 2025, it's going to be over 10%. Um, so, you know, we know that mobile purchasing is big and that's going to continue to grow. And 
Also, as consumers are sitting on their sofas watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year with Toys R Us, their new right. partner. <laughs> I might even watch it this year. I think it'll be interesting. (laughs) Uh, Or those that watch football on Thanksgiving Day, they're going to be sitting there shopping during commercials and they're going to be shopping on on their phones. So I think I did a large part of my holiday shopping 30 minutes before turkey time last year. So even though stores are closed, (laughs) people will be buying a lot of products. Well, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, we're going to have a turkey shortage. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, yeah. Um, well, a lot of the smarter retailers did see the, the, the supply chain disruption and they did smartly plan to offset it, um, you know, saying they will be in, in, in stock. But I don't know. I, the cynic in me, again, I find it difficult to believe in their being fully stocked, okay? When, when, you, when you think about today, there are still like 100 container ships still idle and waiting for a port, and there still are not enough unloading workers and, and trucks and truck drivers, trains, oh, up and down. I mean, it just, it, and it seems to be getting worse. So always well, the bellwether, Amazon uh, doubled its distribution network since the start of the pandemic. And with their own fleet of trucks, planes, and even trains, I mean, they alone, you know, are taking UPS and, and, and FedEx almost out of the game. And they're still adding to their distribution network. Also hiring more truck drivers and workers. I mean, I, they're paying $3,000 signing bonuses <laughs> and $18 an hour in some cases. So I don't know. Some are going to win, some are going to lose. But I think the supply chain thing is going to be well disrupting be with us well into the second half of next year. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I just want to touch upon one thing that you said about, um, you know, out of stock. So one of the things that I think is going to happen from a consumer behavior perspective is that consumers now, we, you and I joked about it two podcasts ago, that consumers are talking about supply chain. And I don't remember when that last happened, but because consumers are talking about supply chain, I think in their mind, they're already thinking about substitution. So they're going to go to the store and they're going to see the empty shelf and they're going to be more apt to, that we've kind of conditioned them to expect, you know, okay, if I can't get this, I'm going to get something else. So that might help a bit in terms of that. It won't help the retailers that might have holiday stuff sitting on those containers, um, but it will, uh, consumers may substitute more products this year. And you're right, you know, Amazon created its own last mile delivery. I'm, I read about Project, Project Dragon Boat is what it was called six years ago. And I remember them saying, we're going to take care of last mile delivery and we're going to exclude UPS and FedEx from that last mile delivery. And I remember thinking, wow, that is an ambitious goal. But you know what? I'm seeing it now. And by the way, you know who's stealing all those truck drivers right now? Amazon. It's a franchise business. <laughs> and they're going, yeah. they're, you know, these truck drivers that used to have to be on the road for days and weeks, they can, you know, rot, they can own their own prime truck business and be home at night, every night having dinner with their family. So it's really hurt the UPS and FedEx, not just from the package delivery loss of revenue for those companies, but also from the talent that they're stealing, you know, and 
FedEx and UPS, they already put out their uh, shipping deadlines, which are earlier and they look earlier than they were last year. And um, they're talking about having these huge staffing increases. They're going to hire 100,000 people, 40,000 people. FedEx is hiring 90,000 people. Uh, where are all these people going to come from? Like there's yeah. such a major la- labor shortage. I don't know what's going to happen with you know, delivery in terms of holiday with uh, FedEx and UPS. Well, there you have it. I mean, no, it's, it, 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 yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is, um, is where this is going. And that's another reason I think that it's, the thing is so disrupted and so broken, it's just going to take a long time. And you also made an interesting point about consumers. I think before this, uh, this, you know, unprecedented supply chain uh, disaster, the average consumer wouldn't even know what the what the term supply chain meant, right? But now they do because they hear about it on every news broadcast, news, read about it. So they do now know what the supply chain is all about. And I think you're right. I think they will anticipate, uh, you know, empty shelves. And they're probably already thinking about, well, if I can't get this, what? So I agree with you. I think that's happening, which is also a good thing. Um, And there's also another thing that might be a a bright spot. If even the 7% growth forecast plays out and consumers do go a bit overboard, uh, not only do retailers benefit from positive margin performance come January, they also benefit with less inventory um, that they have to mark down, right? Correct. Right. Uh, And I think that the other thing on the gross margin side, because, you know, typically I would be, oh, well, that's great because, you know, they're going to sell out of everything. They're not going to have to mark down stuff. The only little um, caveat to think about is that I've actually seen some gross margins drop a bit recently. And that's really due to cost of goods going up. So cost of goods is going to be that transportation um, raw material, all that stuff. So they're going to take a hit on the cost of goods side, even though they're not going to take a hit as much on the markdown side. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, that's a good point, Shelley. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's very good. And also, you know, another thing we really haven't touched on, um, <laughs> to, to use Ross Perot's metaphor, and those of you who don't remember Ross, you know, Perot, if you're too young. Uh, Perot was a former independent candidate for the presidential nomination. I forget what year. Anyway, Perot used NAFTA for his quoted metaphor. You know, that great sucking sound you hear is Mexico and South America sucking the life out of U.S. manufacturing and, of course, jobs along with it. So (laughs) the great sucking sound for retailers is returns and how they can really suck the life out of profits, the bottom line. Uh, Returns are so costly enough in normal times. But if more of the holiday business uh, shifts again to online, returns uh, are going to be even more deadly. So I don't know. Do you have any metrics on on last year's return rates uh, compared to pre-COVID, Shelley? Well, I I know that when we look at the overall return rates, it's about 10.6% of total retail sales. 
So the total retail sales is going to include all the different segments. It's obviously higher for other commodities like apparel and stuff. But right. here's the here's the scary number I will share with you. This year, with the shift of more uh, purchases being online between last year and their year and this year. So the return estimate for 2021 is going to be, it's going to actually break 500 billion. Wow. Wow. <laughs> in return. So, I, and wow. a lot of companies have been doing a lot about returns, you know, telling the customer to keep it so they don't have to deal with the logistics piece, having companies like Happy Returns handle all their return logistics for them. It is a big consideration and it is going to be a monster this year as it was last year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So uh, <laughs> I have no more to say about any of this. Um, should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. And uh, let's hope that uh, most businesses, well, we want all retailers to do well, right? We want all yep. retailers yep. to do well. Uh, for the holidays. And I think actually, I think the holiday this year will be a bit more smooth than last year. I think a lot of the CEOs and a lot of the companies really learned a lot over the past year. So I think the execution this year is going to be a bit better, even with those supply chain uh, issues that we're seeing across the industry. Well, I think I hope you're right. But I think the final caveat there is how we handle COVID and keep being you know, careful about what we do and how we do it. That's like the big uh, elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Sprout, and therobinreport.com. Please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank all of you again very much. And um, as I do every week, I, you know, if you guys have some topic that you want uh, covered by us, please email to me, Robin at the RobinReport.com. And Shelly and I'll take a look at it and see if we can't do it, do that topic. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> <laughs>